1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives. Getting us towards zero. Deep forward for the Tigers underneath. Marshall got a hand pass out but not to advantage. Oh. Lambert swings at a goal. He gave it a great look out of the pack. Yeah. And that is a very fine goal from Kane Lambert. Top of the square. Rioli positioned himself for an up there. Oh. But Higgins just waited underneath and coolly put up another snag. What a great goal. More pounces for the Tigers. Prestia kept on coming. And this is just a parade here at Eddie Hatt Stadium. A parade of the might of the Tigers. Jack Rebolt from the angle, 45 out. Nice. Good kick. Uh, to the Rebolt ends. Jack's got two. Oh, this is a walkover. They're sharp. This Richmond yeah. side, I know, I know if you're Saints supporting you're listening, yeah. you're thinking, how bad are we? They are absolutely red hot at the moment, Richmond. And that's for the good of Boston, who went with the double fist, could have marked it. Helped on by Asprey. Oh, oh no! Kicked a freak! No! He's kicked a freak goal out of the air! You it can't. could have gone anywhere, <laughs> but it went through for a goal! And all you can do is laugh and smile. <laughs> that is an incredible goal. Into Alice, gets the handball back to Flostone. Big centering handball, bounces for Prestia. Off to Greek, one oh. more over the top to Edwards. Around the corner for another Tiger oh. goal. There's Richmond fingerprints all over that goal. Siren sounds and a stark reminder on a Friday night of the power of the Tigers and the gap between those at the top and those near the bottom. It's funny, I thought we played better last week. thought our first half was pretty stimulating. It was a great half of footy, and then probably the game was put to bed at that stage. And those sort of games go one of two ways. Either it turns into a 100-point uh, win, or it peters out to the result we got tonight. Probably a little bit disappointing, though, the way it ended up. Richmond tightens its grip on top position and adds a measure of percentage to boots. To emphasise the Tigers' place at the top of the pile, we'll touch base with the defending premiers. We're given a footy lesson tonight. In fact, we spent most of our time talking about Richmond with the players postcard. No, we didn't get near them early. They were just way too physical and way too dynamic. And, and so that was, yeah, that was disappointing. That's where we want to be. Our footy has been heading the right way and we'll challenge this group really strongly to respond. The vast gap was apparent to everyone, including the St Kilda leadership. And the skipper, Jaron Geary, will join us to explain how hard it will be to close. It sounds like you're opposed to it. Yeah, I don't like I think it will be a blight on the game. If he doesn't like it, I'd suggest he joins the unemployment queue and resigns. We feared the worst yesterday and scans this morning confirmed you'll need a the reconstruction. History suggests that if you don't know at round 18 and he's our captain, so it's not looking great. Are you aware of any rumblings from any group? I think the days of rumblings and board coups across the competition are history. Football's a tough environment to be around and figuring out where that best best place is to, to play a footy. It all depends a little bit on Ruffy. You know, he's still contracted and we're really keen to see our contracts where we possibly can. The most spirited and combative off-field off week of the season. Passions inflamed over the future direction of the game, of clubs and of players. It's all in the crunch along with Eddie Maguire ahead of Wednesday's crucial meeting of the competition committee. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Honda, find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero.
Did you not feel good on a Saturday morning? 12 degrees in Melbourne. The sun is shining over the MCG ahead of a big day of footy. Collingwood and North Melbourne will be the first game that will take place here a little later. Welcome to Crunch Time. With thanks to Honda, find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives. Getting us towards zero. You might have reason to be a little bit more gloomy if you're a Saints fan. The realisation, which I think you probably were already at, as to just how far away you are from the top of the pile. But if you're a Richmond fan, it's uh, just... Let's just fast forward, fast forward. Let's just get to finals and get this over with and get our second flag. I couldn't help feeling that way if I was a, a Richmond person. Bob Murphy, Kane Corns and Jerry Waitley all in the same room at the G together. Uh, it was a powerful display, wasn't it, Kane? Welcome to you first. Well, maybe I was, to... I'll turn my microphone on. <laughs> sitting here for half an hour. Oh, no, it? One job. It's a diamond first. duck. I was here first too. I was run out without <laughs> facing a ball. I was. No, nah, it was frightening last night. I... I just sit back and I was thinking, who can possibly challenge this side? I've seen them do it at the MCG, and for them to do what they did last night indoors that Eddie had was as frightening a footy as I think I've seen this year, and, and albeit it wasn't up against great competition, but um, they're going to be pretty hard to beat, I would have thought. Yeah, pr- pretty extremes last night, wasn't it? It was stark right from the start of just how good Richmond can be, um, and their, their best is seems clearly better than anyone else's. When, when they get there and, and St Kilda were off right from the start, and was always going to be a tough night after that. I made a reference, Jared, last night to the uh, you know, the military display of the yes. North Koreans or the Russians in, in Red Square, and that's what it felt like. They were just displaying what they had in that first <laughs> half. A public march. But it was just pa- it was so powerful in every sense, wasn't it, Richmond, in that first half yeah. particularly? And Martin, back, if he, if he can continue this footage, he's your big play, nuclear well, <laughs> He is, and he's just sort of been just going yeah. along nicely and doing what he's had to do, but he just... He put the foot down last night. He's like, I'm going to have some fun tonight. And he almost was toying with St Kilda. Albeit, we expected Geary, but the lack of respect that I think that goes towards Dustin Martin from some teams continues to surprise me, and it was the case last night. It changed but, in the quarter time. They switched the Yeah, the but tag. there's still some times where he's, he's standing at stoppage with no one on him, and, and our instruction when you play is find the most dangerous player at the stoppage and then work back from there. So if I'm going to a stoppage... Well, there's Martin standing on his own. Good reference point. Leave everyone else. He does stand there. And out. go to him. And then, and then it's Cochin. And then, and then it filters down from there. So I was staggered by that. But Presti is the other one who, um, who is so important to their structure and looks to be covering the ground as good as he uh, has this year and, and is really important to them. You're looking, Cochin had 17 disposals last night. They can win with the captain and one of their most influential that's the, players. That's the beauty of them, though, isn't it? Yeah. He yeah. played pretty so well early. Early. No, he, he had a lot of hard stuff early. No, he did, and that's not a criticism around it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't, it's someone it's someone else will, you know, they, yeah. so they support each other. It's a bit how his game in. has changed, though, isn't it? Yeah. And how yeah. they all associate. And we've seen it with Jack. Oh, he was, he's been great probably for the last month, but he's had games where he's kicked yeah. one goal and they've still won comfortably, so they're not relying on any one player. And, because uh, they know they're supported, too. There's not... if. if Cochin, for instance, let's just use he's the name we've mentioned. If he's having a quiet night, there's no anxiety in his performance. There's no, oh, I've, I've now mm. got to try and do more. It's like, no, 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 I'll do my bit and, and, and Dusty will he'll light it up. It was classic best team in July footy. Win it as quickly as you can and then preserve mm. thereafter. You don't go to the maximum 
the hot duration right through the mm. winter if he can help it. I think we've seen sides who have occupied first and second position over a number of years sort of learn that, win it as quickly as you can, take the anxiety out of it, and then just control it. It's thereafter. like the 1500 metre heats at the Olympics, yep. isn't it, Jared? Or even even Bolt in the 100 in the heats, he just switches off at about yep. three quarter way through and, and just relaxes. To we're, the all full of, we're all full of metaphors. Yeah, well. are, <laughs> mine are, mine was that... going to be the Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> Well, that's what it reminded me of. It's a good point, Jared. There were, it was crystallising, I thought, from a St Kilda front. It removes round 16 last year. So it's worth. I think it is worth revisiting. Out of that game, they were 6th and 7th on the ladder. They were both 9 wins, 6 losses, and they were separated by 1.3%. And I think St Kilda have hung on to that, rightly or wrongly. Richmond have gone 22 and 5, won the flag and zeroing in on another. And you St. think Kilda have gone you 6 think... and 17. Well, I would contend, and I have done throughout, that it wasn't proof of life. It was a freak occurrence. And they treated the freak occurrence as what they were capable of. But the last two weeks, they beat the worst team in it by 64 yeah. and might have won by more. And they lost to the best team in it by 54 and might have lost by more. Is If St. Kilda's serious about their reference point, they've got it. And this is what they have to act on. The illusion, mm. the illusion's gone, mm. is they are not that team from round 16 last year and they have to make all their planning around their reality. Yeah, so we're going to speak to Jaron Geary shortly and so maybe we'll, uh, on the back of that, we'll, we'll drill down in that a bit more because it's a great point about what St Kilda do from here. Just in terms of the game last night, though, the way St Kilda went about it, I, I'm not too critical because they, they have even earlier this year played well against Richmond with the way they play but it is in contrast to the way the teams have beaten Richmond this year with not giving them what they want not feeding them that fast game that they can then go bang the other way so is that did they do the right thing in trying to play the way they they had previously uh, I think they were just shell-shocked I, don't, I think um it's easy to say, oh, this is you know, this is this is how you play. But Giants and West Coast have played that possession game, game haven't they? Different class of team. Look, I think a, a very experienced team can preview the upcoming opponents and say we're going to adjust our game style to suit our opposition. An inexperienced team, a side that's won four games for the year that's struggling with confidence. Yes, that would have been the message clearly coming in. This is how you beat them. They would have had examples of the Giants game and the losses. Richmond, Port Adelaide beat them playing a similar way earlier on in the year. The Crows too, but it's all well and good to speak about it. When you get out there, as Bob says, under that pressure that they bring, they freeze, they turn the footy over after they tried a couple of times, they scored against heavily, and all of a sudden it's 50-9 to nine on the scoreboard and all that's out the window. So Certainly handballing, handballing in the back half. That, that's, like, that's like a red rag yeah. for the Tigers. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, steer, clear of, steer clear of that because they just have an appetite just to bury sides who do that. The yeah. one other element is... It, Again, Friday night, which have been stinkers more often than not this year, ill-conceived in the way that they've put, been put together. Last night at least had a, a story around it in terms of Maddie's match, which is a cherished event and played its part, raising nearly $1.5 million and that game from last year. But as much the rules are absolutely critical, but so is the fixture, yeah. is if the AFL's serious about its ratings and how many people are watching and where the turnoff is, they, they have to face up to the fact that they botched Friday night. They botched it when it was conceived and they put it forward. And that has to be, in their fixturing, that's got to be their number one priority, is return the marquee matches to Friday night for the stories that they create, for the energy that they give. You can't legislate for close games, but you can absolutely pick the games which will invigorate the football world. And they've failed on that front more often than not. 
Well said. It's 11 past 11. We'll take a break. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. So after the next break, we will speak to Brandon Ellis back-to-back with Jaron Geary. And then Eddie Maguire joins us in the box. And there's so many issues to discuss post-midday as well. So stay with us. This is crunch time for Honda and the TAC. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. 16 minutes past 11. As you heard, this is crunch time on a beautiful Saturday morning in Melbourne. The Honda, find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. The St Kilda skipper, Jaron Geary, to join us shortly. A little later, Eddie Maguire and then all the issues on and off the field in the crunch. Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson with you. Joined by Brandon Ellis this morning as we reflect on another powerful performance by the Tigers last night. 16-15, 1-11 to 8-9-57. Thanks for joining us. Brandon, another very strong showing by your boys. You must have enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it was a pretty good win. Probably a tale of two halves. Um, I thought we were really good in the first half, and you know the game was sort of not over at half time, but um, probably the thing had gone out of it. So um, yeah, it was just good to have, a, have another win, um, bouncing back off uh, the loss against GWS last week. Yeah, what was the feeling post? last week uh, in, in terms of uh, you know, what they did to you particularly? Yeah, um, yeah, it was probably... Um, I guess we did leave a lot of goals out there. I'm um, not taking anything away from GWS. You know, they were just better than us on the night. Um, but yeah, we went, you know, really two-faced with the loss. Um, you know, it happens and they're a good team. But, yeah, we just sort of went through a couple of things that we had to to work on it and get better at, um, you know, because Saints, they've been on fire the last three or four weeks, so, um, you know, we knew we were going to have our work cut out for us last night, but, you know, we stuck to the plan and, yeah, executed it pretty well. Brandon, you know, you played a lot of footy now, junior footy and then all the way through, obviously, and a, a premiership player. Tell us, you're, you're clearly, a, your team is a selfless and humble team and club, but tell us what it's like being out there as part of such a powerful unit. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's changed a lot in my, you know, seven years that I've been there, um, especially last year. And then, you know, this year, we just know what we're going to get from each other. Um, everyone just plays their role to a tee. No one goes outside their role. And, um, you know, it's just about playing in the team. And, you know, we do lose soldiers week in, week out. You know, we've got other players that come in and fulfil their roles. And uh, it's really enjoyable to play, um, especially in that uh, you know, by the bunch of Rand. Ashbury Broad and Grimes are down there, same as Boston. It's, um, yeah, I'm loving it. Brandon, Bob here. Congratulations on another on another impressive win by your boys. We've seen what the Tigers are seen what the Tigers are capable on the field last night at their best. It's unstoppable. Yeah. Can you can you take us into the club during the week and with the the potential of a of another successful finals campaign? What, what's this? What's the standard of training like and the competition for spots in the locker room? Can you describe that for us? Yeah, competition is, you know, very fierce, as you would know. Um, so, yeah, we just try and put our best foot forward, um, you know, each session. Um, and the thing is, like, we don't get jealous of each other and jealous of each other's spots. We just try and help each other and help the next person 
like get better. Um, and I think that's where you know most of our improvement has come from. Um, and it just shows that we're not having to rely on you know certain individuals now to get us over the line. We've got that depth and the flexibility to um, for players to play different roles in different positions. And you know a lot of boys have lifted their game this year. So yeah, it, look, it's pretty it's a pretty relaxed environment. You know, and when we're not on the field, but um, yeah, it's just awesome at the moment. And you, I mean, the, the Tigers, the, the evenness is, is obviously one of the strengths, but what's it like to play alongside Dusty Martin when he's in, in the sort of form he was in last night? Is, do, you, do you get a chance out on the field to appreciate it, or is it too chaotic out there? Um, oh, he does some amazing things, doesn't he? Um, yeah, when he's on, he's on. And yeah, he was fantastic last night. And yeah, I'm just so lucky to be able to play with a, a player like him as well. Um, you know, I've got, we got to see the best, you know, of the best last year of him. and I think he's starting to get some really good form at the moment. But, um, yeah, he does some amazing things, Dusty. <laughs> Brandon, you lost your place in the side earlier on in the year. What was the message to you at that point, and how difficult was it? Um, yeah, it hurt a bit. Um, obviously, playing so many games in a row, uh, it probably didn't cross my mind that I'd find my way out, but I did. Um, it was just to go back, work on some um, contested stuff and some aerial stuff. You know, that probably wasn't up to scratch or was probably inconsistent. Um, so I just went back to the VFL and you know, I did enjoy my time there playing with the younger boys and the VFL as the players. But, um, yeah, I've just put my best forward each week now. You can't really take your, your spot for granted or get too complacent these days. <laughs> the position that your side's in is set up beautifully. Four out of your next five at the G, one trip away, yeah. and that's the Gold Coast uh, for the rest of the season. So you're just perfectly placed. Do you get a sense that it's all shaping up nicely? Um, yeah, we're pretty well placed at the moment, and we, you know, we do love playing at the G. But we've got some tough games coming up. We've got Collingwood, who are in fine form. Um, I know they had a slip up last week, and then we've got Geelong as well, who um, will be fighting for a, you know final spot in a couple of weeks before we play them. So it's going to be fierce competition. Um, yeah, but we're, yeah, we love the G, and we're looking forward to it. Is there a bus trip today, Brandon? No, I didn't make the bus trip up um, to watch Big Ivan Marriage play. Um, but, yeah, I think there's about 12 boys going up to, to watch him. I think it's like going up to Tadioon or something to go and watch him play. So, yeah, the boys have a bit of fun up there watching him. So connections that have been formed through the years are obviously maintained for the time being. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's a cult figure at our club, Ivan, and, you know, he's still around there. Um, you know, we love him and... It's just awesome that the boys can go up and, and support him and you know make a little trip out of it because they've got the weekend off, which is, which is always nice. Brandon, just finally, a lot was made obviously last year of the you know, the openness that uh, and the and the mindfulness work that and your your story was obviously pivotal to that, which we heard yeah. about later in the year with Conrad Marshall's book. How has that gone? How has that been maintained? To still, it obviously gave you an edge last year. So, how did you approach this year in terms of that 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 mental side of football, both individually and collectively? Um, yeah, so we sort of just kept up. You know, what we did last year, continue this year, but just sort of taking it um to the next step. And it was awesome just for you know the young boys to come in, like the first year players. You know, just like Higgins. You know, he, he's a very character, but um. You know, back in the day, if you come in sort of like that, you'd probably get whacked by the older boys. You know, you basically like you, you can't talk to your maker sort of thing. But, you know, at our club, you come in and we just embrace you. You know, you, you, you are who you are and we're not going to treat you any different. And um, I think that's the best thing. Like, we just embrace the young boys with open arms and they can come in and be who they, who they want to be. And, um, 
you know, it just shows um, you know, just the love that we have for them and just look at sort of the, the footy that the boys are playing at the moment. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, well, we can see it all, that's for sure. It's outstanding. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And good luck uh, for the next six or so weeks and then into the into the September. It's going to be fantastic to watch the Tigers roll. You've certainly set a high bar. Good luck uh, both individually and collectively for the rest of the year. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Amy, and have a good weekend. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. All right, 24 and a half minutes past 11. So from Brandon Ellis to the opposite of on last night's side and the skipper of the Saints, Jaron Geary, who I imagine probably doesn't quite have the same uh, bubbly enthusiasm as Brandon naturally had, but he's been good enough to take our call. Thanks for doing that, Jaron. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a tough night, obviously, and, and interesting to hear Richo talk post-match about that he, he spent a fair bit of... Uh, of uh, the summation with you boys last night, just talking as much about Richmond as about you boys. It was a prime example of where you've got to get to. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, the pre-game, you generally spend a lot of time talking about your own um, expectations about going into the game and how you want to perform. But um, after the game last night, it was very much about Richmond and, and a side that we um, want to try and emulate going forward. They were impressive last night. We were obviously very ordinary, but plenty of lessons to take out of, out of the night. What are, what are the main things that you can see out there on the field that you go, wow, and we need to we need to get there, but how do we get there? Oh, look, their work rate is um, superior to anyone else who's played this year, but one thing that they... And their belief, their belief in each other, their belief in their system, but they're just selfless the way they go about their footy. They sacrifice their own game for the team team's benefit, and, uh, you know, great teams do that, and, and they're able to do that week in, week out. And, and when they do um, you know lose games of footy it's, it's by small margins because they just keep working and hunting and, and they just have great belief in their ability and, the, and, and their teammates. Jaron, when you say work rate, the, the Saints fans would think well we're a professional footy side, we have a pre-season like everyone else, why isn't your work rate to the same standard as, as Richmond's? Uh, it's a good question um, they've been able to, able to um, build on that for a number of years we haven't had a lot of continuity in our, our team um, playing together for a long time, and, and we've probably got a little bit younger this year. We did, we did, we were last year, which isn't which isn't an excuse. We've just got to we just got to get to that level, and we're, and we're not at that level. We acknowledge that something we're really going to work on, and, and we've got to find the right balance and the right group of players going forward that's going to take us to that next level and, and make us a, a better outfit than we we are at the moment. As captain, do you get involved in those discussions? I mean, we've been hearing about your your link to some out of contract players. Do you have your say, and what do you think you need? Oh look, I don't. I didn't get involved in a lot of those conversations. I, um, you know, I'm happy to to go in and, and answer any questions about any any players that I know about. But um, the the main thing you want to get through the door when you when you're getting players is, is that players are going to set an example. Players are going to work hard and and obviously good good players. So I know the club's been very open. Their decision to let us Richo and and um, Matt Finnis 
that who they bring into the club that um, as a playing group would be happy to have any any players that work hard, show some really good leadership qualities, but um, a really good AFL performers week in week out. Jaron, Bob here. Can you can you just take us out onto the field? Obviously, when you, when you come up against a side as, as good as Richmond and, and they get the jump on you and they're building momentum, can you just take us onto the field for, for you and the leaders? Are there conversations on the field? Because we know stopping the momentum is one of the most difficult things in footy. But can you take us onto the ground and, and explain to us you know, some of those conversations that are had in real time when, it, when the Tigers are on a roll? Yeah, we were just... I mean, last night, the conversations with the leaders about what, what can we do and how can we get, um, cha- you know, change the momentum and and we've been in that position before, and, and what tends to happen sometimes, you can try a little bit too hard and, and try and do things too much and be Superman and, and go away from what your actual role is. At the end of the day, you just got to try and execute your role really strongly, and and obviously try and get others to jump on board. So I reckon at times last night you probably saw Jack Stephen, you know, trying to do a lot and trying to do too much, and um, just because he cares so much and he's one of our leaders. So um, it's a, it's a fine balance, but you got to try and get as many blokes on board as you can. In those early stages, Jaron, did you feel that there was a, a lot wrong, whether that was structurally or with methods, that, that you invited the worst of what Richmond can bring, which was the pressure right at you? Oh, certainly early. They, their pressure was exceptional, but we certainly allowed them to play that way a little bit. Um, no credit to them. They're, 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 they're a great outfit, but they were able to sort of walk through our tackles early, which was um, quite embarrassing, really, in the first half. Um, after the, after half-time, we were sort of able to um, get back to... A little bit, a little bit of pride and, and respect, but um, early they just sort of walked through our tackles, and and when we had the ball, they were able to tackle us in numbers. So they hunted us, and and um, and we didn't quite hunt them in the way that we would like to hunt hunt teams. So did that mean that you essentially didn't play the way that you were planning to play at the start of the game? Well, yeah. Well, our, our, your plan going into any game is to, you know pressure and tackle and and win contested ball, um, which clearly. If you don't get those three things done, especially early in the game, you're going to give yourself minimal opportunities to be in the game. They did that really well. We did that really poorly, and, and basically the game was over at half-time as a result of that. How, how big is the gap, Jaron? do you think? Oh, at, at the moment, it, it, for us, it's consistency, and we haven't been able to be consistent enough for a long enough period of time. Um, you know, Richmond are consistent every week, and I know I've spoken about them a lot, but... Um, they're, they're the team that are sending a high benchmark in terms of their consistency and their work rate um, for four quarters of footy week in, week out. At the moment, that, that's a huge gap between our best and our worst and, and their best and their worst. Um, yeah, there's a big gap there that we have to try and uh, close as quick as possible. So do you feel, I know we've referred already to those discussions around possible players coming in, if they came, to, club came to you and said, you know, how aggressive do we need to be? Do we need to really hunt other players to get that talent in quickly? Or are you prepared to play the long game? Oh, look, I think the club will be going after as many players as, that are available. Um, we've said that for a long time, that if players are available and they want to come to the club, then, then we'll be willing to take them and have them. So the club will be pretty aggressive, I'd imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still confident we've got a number of players at the footy club that are going to help us going forward. Um, but, you know, if we can get some really strong talented players to the door who have AFL experience that um, week in, week out are consistent players and we'll, we'll welcome them with open arms. So I'm really interested in this, Jaron, is four and a half wins in the bottom five. Do you think that's a, a true reflection of where St Kilda is and where you're trying to build from? Oh, it's obviously a true reflection at the moment because that's that, they're the results, but um, internally we, we'd expect, we've expected us to perform better than what we are. We are a better team than 
than four and a half wins, but um, yeah, we haven't we haven't produced anywhere produced anywhere near our capabilities this year. Darren, we appreciate you fronting up. We really do, and I'm sure St Kilda fans do as well. Disappointing night last night, but uh, let's hope there's some wins on the horizon for the rest of the season. Thanks for being with us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Darren Geary, the skipper of the Saints. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. 18 minutes to 12. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. So much going on in footy on the field and off the field. We'll have our crack at all those issues a little later in the program. But a man who can talk uh, very strongly about both, particularly from a Collingwood point of view, is the President, Eddie Maguire. Uh, Hello, Anthony. Lovely to be with you. Great to see you here in the box at the MCG. Jared, Bob. Cornsey, how, how's your son? You named after me. Oh, Young Eddie, how's he going? He's going very well. About to turn 12. He's got Good a big on. mouth. Uh, oh, hey, hey, hey. You're speaking to the president today. I'm not a colleague. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Right? So show a little bit of respect. It's been a terrific season, Ed, from a Collingwood president point of view, I'm sure. And one that I know there's a long way to go, but there'd be a sense of, of real pride about what's been achieved so far. Sense of real uh, nervousness and nervous anticipation about today, to be perfectly honest, uh, Anthony. And it's great to be back at the MCG uh, in the cold winter months with an eye towards maybe making the finals again. So uh, that's really exciting. Uh, another year where we've just been absolutely slaughtered with injuries, but at the same time there is a tremendous optimism around the club and, uh, and a great feeling uh, that I haven't felt for a, a number of years at Collingwood, and uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's been really exciting. It's been great. I've really enjoyed this year. I haven't enjoyed a year like this for a long, long time. Has it vindicated your decision to stay with Nathan? Uh, well, I don't know if it's vindicated uh, anything, but uh, it is. It's planning, or, or it's at least panning out the way we anticipated that it could with Nathan. Uh, we believed that he. There's one thing, it, whether it's a, a television show, a business, or these appointments. You can, if you've got somebody who's good, you can turn them into great. If you've got somebody who's ordinary, you're stuffed. And we thought we had somebody who was uh, good to great, and uh, we could do that with them. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people think that the panacea in football is to sack everybody, uh, particularly in the media, and uh, that's not the way to go in, in, in life or in business. We didn't think. So we, we just needed to get the the fabric right, and uh, I think we'd been a little bit out of kilter, we'd been a bit out of step with ourselves in the last few years, and I think we've been able to get it going over the, probably the last, oh, look, it's like anything, it's like anyone who goes to Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't it, I think you have to actually uh, admit it to yourself that things are, are wrong, then, and you have to look for the right solutions as opposed to the band-aids and the excuses, and we've done that over the last 18 months, two years. Was that hard? No, it wasn't. It's actually easy. It's cathartic uh, to, to actually do that. Because was it hard, though, to first admit that, you know, it wasn't quite what well, you wanted it to be? It's a bit, I always, you know, joke and say, it's a bit like my golf shot. It starts off straight, and then by the time you walk up, it's in the trees. Uh, and sometimes you've got to chip back on um, and, uh, and not go for the miracle shot. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at any businesses that, or, or football clubs or any walks of life, it, it is the layers upon layers that come together. And so we were doing that at the same time. There wasn't too much that needed to be fixed up, but we needed to just get ourselves calibrated and going in the same direction and, and, and have a one-club purpose. And tonight, for example, uh, once we finish here, we're going straight across to the Holden Centre. The girls are playing in the netball, and we're going to have a big one-club purpose 
party. We've got the food trucks coming in. Now, things that had sort of slipped by in sometimes the business of football, we're back to having a bit of fun. I know we're seeing it at Tigerland. We saw it with Bob's team a couple of years ago. But there has to be that, uh, a lot more of that, and I think we've been able to find a balance this year. How much was it that the footy club had to change, and how much did Nathan have to change? No, I think it was the footy club and Nathan, and everyone, and me. Yep. I mean, I've come at a different approach this uh, this year. Uh, Jeff Walsh's uh, input has been profound uh, in, you know, he's a guy who's been around football for a long, long time, and he has. He's seen it all, and he's been uh, at the right side of things and the wrong side of things, as we all have at various stages. And, and as I said, sometimes you can, be, you can be trying your best and doing everything you possibly can, but you might be just going in the wrong direction at times or a little bit sideways or not quite in sync. So I think it's been more, uh, you know, getting in sync, to use that vernacular, uh, that we needed to do. And, and we, are, we all are. We're all, we're all going well. The, you know, I think the key to one of the earlier questions was the players wanted Nathan Buckley, you know. Now, was that the case uh, three or four years earlier? Probably not. Um, but certainly it, uh, it was at this stage, and this is a young generation coming through who've got a, who are a completely different mindset than the players who were there in, say, 2012. So for all of that, has Nathan changed? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think he's, he's a lot more relaxed. Uh, I think he has, uh, he has uh, invested far more in the playing group and everyone around him, and I think he is doing now what he has to do, and that is be a coach and, and a mentor. And, uh, yeah, he's... He's doing things really well, and he's grown his beard back, beard back this way. So that's <laughs> oh. most important. Oh, he clearly that. shaved that when it wasn't on your watch. <laughs> well, I was away. Yes. <laughs> I'm having a beer with Jared over in Santa Monica, and word comes through that he shaved the beard off. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Eddie, the AFL's biggest club, uh, affected by injury again for another year. I sit back and think, how can this be that you haven't quite got to the bottom of it yet? Well, is it bad luck? Is it management? Well, you look at the injuries. Where does it sit? Well, you know, the other big side in the competition, if you like, if you want to go and size as West Coast Eagles, and Nick Hattanui did mm. his knee, I think almost identically as what Lyndon Dunn did his mm. knee the two weeks before. Yours has been year left. on year, though. Year yeah, on I year. know. I, look, we, we've had a good look at it. We've looked at whether we've had penetrometer readings on the training ground. We've looked. Is at it the, harder than other grounds? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, I mean, it's pristine. Um, <laughs> You know, and that's sometimes the thing, isn't it? You know, we look at it now and we go, are there more injuries now because the grounds are fantastic that in the middle of winter we don't have that give that uh, players are landing in, in the mud and uh, the game has changed? Is it now a, a game where the repetitive running is there, whereas the, the game used to change almost by the months in the old days as you started on the hard tracks, went through the muddy tracks, and then the first buds of spring would come and uh, the high marking would come back into the game? It changes. Who knows? It, who, who can? I mean, Darwin tried to get the evolution of life uh, right, and uh, he, he got somewhere there, but we're not quite sure where it's all going or coming. But to your answer, we are constantly working. We are investing money. We're investing manpower and brain power to try and come up with the solutions. And we have multi-sports now to try and balance against it to see where we're right and where we're wrong. You were quite critical of the soft cap on footy department spending coming in. Has it been everything you thought it would be? And has it affected you as much as you thought? Well, there's, look, uh, at the same time, I, I saw it as a way of you know, possibly saving money. And, and I'm keen for the competition to be good. But, you know, I've been critical of a few things uh, uh, over the journey that may now look back and think, well, I might have been somewhat right in those things. The largest one being free agency at a time when we were still manipulating the draft, which to me never made any sense in the first instance and today makes even less sense. Uh, and yet we run around in circles trying to change everything. And uh, the simple reason is that they have... I don't know, I think we had about three years at running at an uncompromised draft and they were the best three years in football, probably 2008 through to 2011 where everybody was really getting a position. Now we have completely changed that up by bringing the other two teams in. 
but the bomb, the time bomb that was always there, we knew what was going to come with the teams coming in, and yep, we're all there for the, we're not saying take them out or do anything, but the time bomb was always going to be free agency at the same time. Uh, despite the injuries, and, and you talked about you know the, the optimism that, that Collingwood has at the moment, and I, I think Collingwood's probably the the story of the year, and all of us are now jumping on board and what a great story it is, but cast your mind back to over the summer when there was a lot of derision, it was about, you know, will we'll Buck see out the season? Can you take us back to that time and were you able to harness that a gang mentality of us against the world and is that still a, a, the team looks to me like it's playing with a healthy chip on its shoulder despite all the support we're still got a point to prove oh, I, I, there might be a bit of that Bob but I think it was actually quite the opposite uh, at Collingwood you live with that chip on your shoulder and maybe we just relax the shoulders a bit maybe we went the other way maybe we've uh, you know that's what has always been it's, it is always a battle and, and interesting enough to watch the netball girls come in who have been diamonds and superstars and everything and as soon as they pulled on the black and white stripes they said the pressure that came on in being Collingwood and going to games and suddenly everyone wants their autograph suddenly they're booing them in the stands mm. and all the type of thing and that was that's actually resonated a little bit with me on that's that that's been quite an issue for them hasn't it it has yeah yeah it actually has so so sometimes you maybe take for granted that the guys have to go through all this stuff and, and you do you get an education a lot of our players obviously taken in the draft don't either barrack for Collingwood or come from places unknown and come into this uh, this furnace at times so I think it's been the other way I think everyone's just relaxed and enjoying the game but also, I think everybody took the responsibility that Bucks was uh, getting a kicking last year. You know, the, the board, everybody was copying it. And uh, we made decisions based on a whole of club input. So it wasn't like uh, we sat around two of us and decided what we were going to do. We did extensive research. Uh, Peter Murphy did a, uh, you know, as big a, a research into every person in every department and got a full and frank account of where we thought we were. And then we looked at it from a management point of view and then we implemented it. So everyone's got skin in the game, Bob. It's, uh, it's everyone's club at Collingwood. The competition committee, which you're part of, Ed, meets on Wednesday. How critical a meeting in the history of the game? game is this? I think we're starting to get to the critical ones. So far there have been more information meetings and uh, you know, throwing around a few ideas but I think now that Steve Hocking and his teams are starting to get to the pointy end of things, they're starting to have some uh, uh, rather than anecdotal or uh, you know, gut feelings, they've actually got some uh, some information to put to us. So I'm looking forward to going in with a very open mind. I, so I your captain and your coach are vehemently opposed to some of what's been put forward. What is your mindset entering the meeting? It's open. Yeah, Would you I'm, encourage Nathan and Scott to be a little more open? Yeah, I think they will once they uh, get their access to the to what's going on. And I think Steve Hocking has spoken to Jeff Walsh to come down to Collingwood and, and have a bit of a look and let people see what's going on and, and be involved in it. But, uh, look, I think anything that, uh, that makes the game better and a better spectacle is going to be good for everybody. And, uh, and everyone will adapt to it. There's no problem with that. I mean, one of the things that is on the agenda is the fixture. And, uh, you know, that's been sort of a hearty annual of mine for a long time. You know, right back in the old days where we used to put the blockbuster games in. I think we have to just make sure that we actually, you know, understand that integrity is what will bring people to the football, not show business sometimes. But that doesn't mean they're mutually exclusive. For example, under the, uh, the you know, one of the ideas that I put forward, this game this weekend would have been one versus two, three versus four, five versus six, all the way down as the start of the run to the finals. And you won't have teams like, say, Carlton playing Adelaide in the last game, and uh, Adelaide might need to win on percentage to jump into the eight or into a into a, a bigger position, and it gets knocked over. We've got situations where Geelong and Richmond are playing twice in the run home. We've got to get through that. We haven't played North for a year, 
So there's a few things that we need to sort out, I reckon. When it comes to the rules, has the AFL made the case to your group for change? Is it a compelling case to change rules? No, there's been no case. No one's tried to prosecute anything. Um, I think everybody in the room understands what the situation is. Um, I've always been an evolutionist rather than a revolutionist when it comes to the rules. I'm also very big on we have enough rules already. Let's go back to the ones we have and implement them. And I think the unnecessary and the, uh, you know, the... uh, the consequences of some of the decisions that have been made in rule changes are the problems that we're facing today. We could actually strip it right back. I mean, it used to be a very simple game. It used to be the game without rules. You can't hit anyone in the head. You can't push them in the back. Kick at 50 or kick at 10 metres, bounce it every 10 metres, and away you go, basically. Um, and now we've, uh, we've, we've really overcomplicated things and the feel of the game. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed in the last couple of weeks, but a couple of things that are really getting on my goat, apart from the 50-metre rule, um, especially if you're on the outside of the of the uh, of the if you're on the boundary side, because the idea was to open up the inside. But uh, the the advantage rule has gone nuts in the last couple of weeks. It's not the first instance; it's the second instance that they're calling play on to now. When the ga- when when the game has not only has it stopped, but everyone's setting up, and then there's a play on. I mean, stop blowing the whistle. That's an easy one, and then call it back if if required. There's a lot of things that are just there. Just fine tuning will get us. I don't know if we have to go completely over the top, but I'm prepared to listen. And uh, from what I've seen so far, there are some compelling reasons to think that starting positions for the opening bounce might make a bit of sense. What did, they think, what did they think in the bars in Santa Monica about that? Um, they were split. Right. <laughs> you want to get on those scooters? Have you seen those? Bird and lime, the scooters? <laughs> the Bra- this is the future for you, Bob, I reckon. <laughs> the Brazilian fans are a bit down. I'm right oh, right no, no, right 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 These scooters are fantastic. Anyway. Ed, we've got to, uh, we've got got to take to go. a break. We do. So uh, good luck today. You, you are nervous, though, are you, about today's game? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I am. Absolutely, I am. Yeah, North are a good side. And, uh, you know, we know what North will be like. They, Dennis Pagan said the greatest wins of his life was when he, he came out. That was one of his greatest wins was when they had a win against uh, Collingwood at Victoria Park, which sort of ended our 1990 phase, if you like, and started the run for North Melbourne to go to two premierships. I remember uh, McAdam kicked, I think, nine at Victoria Park on that particular occasion. So we know that North love to get going and they get the old chip on the shoulder and, you know, these are the blokes who got all the dough and get everything and we get nothing. <laughs> Ed, so we've, we'll got to, we've got to hit a break. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The award-winning Crunch Time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives. Getting us towards zero. It is crunch time in the aftermath of Richmond's 13th win of the season. The military might of the Tigers on display at Etihad last night in St Kilda. Well, they showed their place. Back-to-back Friday night games. They beat the worst team by 64. They lost to the best team by 54. Somewhere in there is the truth for the Saints to deal with. Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson along with Bob Murphy and Kane Corns. Crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives getting us towards zero. We'll delve right into the rules debate in the future of footy in a moment's time, but the three key takeouts 
from last night. The first is rate Dustin Martin's season. He's been marked down against himself. I reckon there's at least four best on grounds in what he's played so far, and there is the fascination that sits over it. Is, is he an All-Australian? And where will he be on Brownlow night? Oh, James Kane. Is he an All-Australian? Uh, if, if he has a big second half, I think the, the last five games are pivotal for that, Jared. Right now, I don't think he is. I think he's in a squad of 40. I think there's been better midfielders slash forwards than him. Best and fairest, he's probably fifth or sixth at Richmond, you would think. And Brownlow medal night, top five for me. So I think it's been a seven out of ten season for Dusty. Brownlow top five, yeah. yeah. I, think, oh, I think I think so. Just on, on history, and as Jared said, that the four best songs, he probably gets one last night. He probably gets another one or two, certainly, in the last five games of the year when they play some weak opposition. So... Yeah, I, I probably Solid. fit into that category, Jared. I, I think he's just been good. I think he's he's... Navig, navig, uh, six and a half, but 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 that is with a you know you you kind of got to preface it by because he's he's just been so damn good before this season that it's hard, it is he's a he's a harder one to judge. When he gets three votes, he probably deserves five votes. That's <laughs> that's the thing with some of these the, the top line players when they when they when they're good, they're just so much more dominant um, than every other player. I, I don't think he'll be in the All Australian team. The Richmond dynamic. The chemistry, which I think we marvel at from the outside, and what does it look like inside? Brandon Ellis on crunch time. This was how he says it applies at the club, at training, in competition. Competition is, you know, very fierce. So, yeah, we just try and put our best foot forward, um, you know, each session. Um, and the thing is, like, we don't get jealous of each other and jealous of each other's squats. We just try and help each other and help the next person get better. And I think that's where, you know, most of our improvement has come from. And it just shows that. We're not having to rely on you know certain individuals now to get us over the line. We've got that depth and the flexibility to um, for players to play different roles in different positions. And you know a lot of boys have listed their game this year. So yeah, it's, look, it's pretty it's a pretty relaxed environment. Not on the field, but um, yeah, it's just awesome at the moment. And you've spoken before, Bob, as they look like they are in the sweet spot. Oh, they, there's lots of lots of little clues that they've left. Alex Rance being doubtful about the Tom Lynch situation that's a little clue of he knows that they've got something really special Jack Higgins the, the, that's sort of been a throwaway oh, he's just you know it's a, just a bit of a joke but that's because of the they've got this undeniable inner belief this confidence that they know once the whistle goes that they they let it rip and they, and, and all of them do it so they they can they can afford and there's no anxiety around someone having a quietish night one of their stars because they know that the support's there and they don't overreact to a loss either. I think that's the, they've just been calm last week. They were so calm about that loss. There's still some real confidence about what they were doing. They've had a couple of losses this year, clearly, but their response has been there. So we're, just, we're even searching with you know, know. the inter. Oh, they can't they can't travel. They yeah. can't win away. It's like I don't even know. If, I don't even know if we, when people say it, they do you really believe yeah. that? Because I don't. They I don't think the Tigers. And they don't. They couldn't care less. I don't <laughs> think so. That's been another impressive thing for me this year. And the secure side of the season, it has been disappointing. Wins have been rare. Uh, a better month, but they found their place last night. What is their place? Their captain, Jaron Geary. It's obviously a true reflection at the moment because that's that, they're the results. But internally, we we'd expect we've expected us to perform better than what we are. We are a better team than than four and a half wins, but. Yeah, we haven't we haven't produced anywhere near our capabilities this year. 
So just a short, sharp, if, you, if it was yours, Kane, what would you do in charge of St Kilda? Uh, I would... I'd be a mix. I'll have to look at their draft position. Is there? Can they get two... I'd want two first-round draft picks, Jared, at least, and one inside the top ten, which they're going to get because they're going to finish in the bottom five, as you say. So use that and then look at, is there anything else we can package up to get another one in? And I'd still think there's room for, for a free agent, but it's got to be the right one and don't overpay just because they're the only one there. The talk of $1.2 million for Gaff is, is ludicrous. I wouldn't pay him... Any more than eight fifty at St Kilda? Does that get it done? Probably not. Too bad. Move on. What would you do, Bob? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning to the stockpile. Just, just keep, keep building. I think they I think there's such a way off that if a, yeah, if a free agent comes along in that seven eight hundred range, yep. But, but anything more than that, I just don't think they're close enough. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be really fascinating. All the teams in that similar situation, isn't it? To see if they a if they genuinely are prepared to pay the the massive overs for a player just to land someone mm. and probably more interesting is whether someone will be prepared to come because why would you, why would you go to a club like a St Kilda at the moment when you have the option to either stay where you are on really good money or go to another club where success beckons more immediately mm. Josh Kelly's the one that um, in 12 months time appears to be reasonably gettable now is it North is it St Kilda I'd be going I would pay the big dollars for him but um, there's not too many others on the on the market that I would. What's, what's your gut instinct on on Gaff? I think he stays. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't have. A, I don't have a feel for it. Fifty-fifty, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm not not prepared to call yet, Jared. You'd be. No, I, I don't have a great no. feel for it either. Other than he's left himself out to this point, so um, leaving must be a very real possibility. They couldn't lose McGavin and Gaff, could they? No, it, it feels a little bit like Adelaide last year, where they had to. They virtually had to pick one of Lever or McGovern yeah, and they probably did. read which one was leaving and which one you could absolutely nail down. As I don't know if their salary cap position is that, but it feels a little bit like that. As like I said, adds, ones, <laughs> adds an say. interesting dimension to this now, doesn't it? I mean, he suddenly becomes way more valuable to West Coast than what he previously did. This has to be the year almost for West Coast because without Nat Nui next year, and if Lysette did leave, he'll get big offers from someone else if they can't keep him. And then one of Gaff or McGovern leave... Next year's not looking great for the West Coast Eagles. I I understand that totally. Does it also change Lysette, though? He's going to he's going to first rack all of next year. Yeah, locked in. He is the first rack for the Eagles for their premiership run this year, and all of next year. As opposed to going, I'm the bits and pieces man who works around Nat Nui and there's big dollars elsewhere. My personal view is actually makes him much more likely to stay because his role is... Depends how tight out. they are, doesn't it, though, to a degree? And like, his age, I think he'd want... This would want to be his big contract. So he'd want a four or five-year block as a 26-year-old-ish. Do we um, know how good he is, Lysette? No, he's he's a cap- he's capable. He's not he's not going to be a star at the level. I don't think he's got the size and the tricks to his game to be a genuine number one bona fide and, ruckman. Or do and do West Coast do, will will they chase another one in the off season? There's a few out there. So they've got Lysette and Vardy, and, and they they're going to be. It's going to be hard for them to chase anyone at reasonable dollars. Mm. I suspect they've got what they've got, and they'd channel it into keeping Lysette. But that pro- that presumes a bit more than I actually mm. know. Uh, fascinating to space to watch. Uh, let's get into the crunch. There's a lot of serious issues to discuss, but Bob, I'm going to ask you the hardest question first. If you decided that you had to run 32 k's today, 
Would you run six laps of Elbert Park or would you No, I, without even knowing what the next option is, no, I'm not running six laps of Elbert Park. Kane, are you about to run 32Ks this afternoon? I am, but it was supposed to be a secret because that would mean I'm going to miss this magnificent game that's on in front of us. Sorry. Like anyone you listen, mate. You're listening to listen to. I thought you would have learned that lesson. Never say yeah. off here what you don't want to go on it's here. A, no, that's fine. No, I will be and... Uh, I am leaning towards six repetitive laps. Oh, the, the mindset, that says yeah. a lot about you. Oh, it says everything. <laughs> and it sort of reaffirms everything that we've known for years, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. That would surprise nobody at Port Adelaide, would it? Just a little bit off. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. A little bit left of centre. Yeah. Well, the uh, rules has been the predominant topic of the week, and it is right in the crunch. Is Wednesday's competition committee will lead to the next phase, and hopefully the next phase involves a bit of tabling, so that rather than fumbling around for what does this look like, having some tangibles to work with and to debate, and maybe to, um, certainly to inform the electorate who are nervous, and Steve Hocking uh, conceded this during the week. I guess that there's pe- people that are nervous, they, 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 seriously, they don't need to be. We, we've got a group of people that are from Clubland that understand the game and are caring for the game. And then wrapped around that, we've got a competition committee yep. that care for the game. There were sort of two lines during the week which I thought, oh, they're hard to prosecute. One was from the AFL Trust Us and one was from the coaches we know best. And I reckon with fans, both of those <laughs> jar. And I think that <laughs> leads to some of the, well, definitely the uncertainty and the... Um, yeah, is nervous. I think people are fearful, to be frank. Whether they should be or not, we'll find out in time. We're, we're, so you've been a bit of a, uh, I want to wait and see, Bob. You've seen a I, lot. I, yeah. You've heard some. Where are you? I still feel like we're being asked to cast a vote in an election where we only know one candidate. So oh, I'm against. So I don't even know what, what the other option is yet. There's sort of been taught, there's the, you know, the zones and the rules and stuff, but we I still haven't seen a, what it, what it could be. And then, and then after that, okay, well, I wouldn't mind watching it, seeing what it, what it actually looks like. And then, but I'm, I'm open to it. I, I think the thing that people are very much scared by the language at the moment and the unknown of, oh, that's going to be so radical. But then those same people, they want one on one football. And they want, and they want space around the ball. I think, but it, I th- I th- both both sides are sort of they want the same thing in essence. One thinks it will evolve, and one thinks they can. So I, I just I just want to see who the other candidate is. What what are these rules? So you spent the week with Blighty yes. Kane, who I think it's fair to say he lost his mind at one stage <laughs> during the week, and we love that about Malcolm. <laughs> oh, he's been agitated. You should see him in the ad breaks. What what didn't go to air, but he's he's passionately believes that that. Drastic change is needed, and he is all for starting positions. If he had his way, he'd bring last kick out of bounds also. He'd also extend the goal square. He'd look at interchange rotation. So thankfully, Blighty's not probably <laughs> the main decision maker because he'd slash it. I, yeah, I'm more in the camp of I'm an interchange man. I think we, we would see a better spectacle with re- reduced interchange and clearing up some of the rules that aren't being correctly adjudicated now. So I'm I'm not one for starting positions. But so, so why do you have such confidence in the interchange? Because Kane? with with less interchange means less pressure on the ball carrier because that intensity can't be sustained. So with less ball pressure when less pressure on the ball carrier is better skills and also with fatigue the game will open up. So. 
the reason we see what King, gives you the confidence. To I, don't, coaches, I, don't, I don't share the confidence yeah, in the interchange. I think I, I think players and clubs are so they just they just so good at adapting and then changing the and they do they'll do twelve laps of Albert Park. <laughs> if they oh, I think to. that's a real risk. Yeah, I think that's a real no, risk. But you, so you, you'll you, get the players that can still push but, up to the stoppages. And no, push but we've back. got that. We've got the history. We've got the data there of when interchange was thirty or forty. And, and you've called. But we didn't play the same way then. So the, the genie's out. That now you can't. You because you can't. Because you can't. You physically can't play that way. Because you, when you fatigue, players that, that, are better athletes. Are you? Would you? Would you acknowledge that? Yeah, I want to see that. And I think uh, with less pressure and more fatigue, we will get the examples of of that. Has reducing the interchange so far made any difference? No, because it hasn't been done enough. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I like the notion that we go back to and, and it will, everything will be smell of roses again, but I, I just don't, I'm not convinced. The theatre of the week was Nathan Buckley followed by Malcolm Blight. It's not quite Bucks versus Blighter because Bucks didn't know that he was in <laughs> a fight. Are you open-minded to it or are you expressing the view that you're opposed to it? What does it sound like? It sounds like you're opposed to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like it. I think it's a, I don't, I think it will be a blight on the game. There's lots of things I could say about that. And if he doesn't like it, I'd suggest he joins the unemployment queue and resigns. That would be my final saying on it. Bless Blighty. That, that we have to try to avoid getting to that point of the debate over the next four weeks because everybody's got the best for the game at heart and everyone's got a different view of what it is. Uh, Damien Hardwick, there's, there's an underground movement that if any of this happens, it's going to lead to horrendous blowouts. And Damien Hardwick gave voice to that. You've got to be careful what you wish for. If we want to see more goals, we're going to see more blowouts. So be very careful about how we structure things up because we value as coaches three facets of the game, offence, defence and contest. And if we want to establish one phase over more than the others, the better sides are going to get better. we got to be very careful about which way we go. Listen, I'm all, I'm all for the progression of the game and what that looks like, but we've also got a very, very good competition at the moment. We're at round 18 and there's a lot of sides vying for top four and top eight spots. So got to be careful which way we go. How many more blowouts? And in all the work that's been done is that the primacy of defence over offence is undeniable. So we've already got a competition that favours defence over offence. 100%. We definitely do. Yeah. yeah. Now, maybe that's not Richmond. That's OK. It's not about Richmond. It's never about the best team in the competition. It's about the median yeah. and what the game actually looks like. Just because there are 12 teams in contention doesn't mean this has been a good season. Is That, that part of it's fine. But the spectacle of the game doesn't marry up with this is one of the great seasons. Is I defy anyone to have sat through this and gone, this is one of the great seasons. Do you feel like the clubs need to know these rule changes before the trade, before the draft, and, and before they get their lists in order for next year? Is it going to be that drastic that the big forward's going to come back into play? Do you draft the big forward because of these rule yeah, changes? I, I think Steve Hawking's got to live his timeline, which is the first week of October. Mm. And I'm a bit after, once we get through the what are we actually debating here, at some point the government has to govern and go and make the decisions and inform everyone. Bring, Try to bring as many people along as you can, but then get to the business of this is what we're doing. Go and have a play with it. So how, how does the timeline from then, but do we, do we know much more after that? So October comes in. October, these are the rules for next these year. These are the rules for next year. Yep. So if it's, if it's on the spectrum of change, it's quite... Extreme, or even if it's mild, like even if it's mild. Yeah. So what? Six, do, six, do we, and do, six. It bounces will come in. Do we get a goal? And do we get a look at that 
in the preseason, is there, will there be some games that we have a look at? Where yeah, but I don't think we'll change anything. We'll go, you play the preseason. Everything that happens from here is under this set of rules. Yeah. And as, you know, there, there's three or four which are really prominent, and then there's another four after that. So they're working with a set of eight, whether they activate one, two, three, four, all, all eight. It'll be announced in October, and then boldly, boldly we go. Six, six, six. Oh, that would have saved me a lot of heartache. <laughs> in what way? I just, just simplify it. <laughs> Too many codes and players coming off the back and mid, mid push through. Yeah. That's jargon. He's called the let weapon. Us, the weapon off the back just, of the square coming just through. Let, just let us stop. play. Just let us play. And that's, so that one of the key mantras, which I presume appeals to you, is, is let the players play. Is it? It's been removed from the the instinct and the natural um, flair of playing to the highly strategic. Let the coaches coach. The majority of That's players the push play. They they play on feel and instinct that they've you know grown up instinctive chasing the ball, knowing how to play, and then getting to IFL level and then having to relearn the the language and the human battleships of footy, which which by that that takes away players' creativity. But it feels like, though, that the players, and, and Scott Penelope is probably one of the strongest advocates against potential change, that the players, that's all they know now. They, they, I don't want to use the word brainwashed, but that, but I guess I just did. <laughs> but that, that is, you know, they, they'll talk about where to stand at a stoppage and that sort of stuff, which, you know, like if you're interested, and I am interested in the tactics of the game, and I, I think that we still must leave room for a good coach to be able to come up with a strategy to counter another. We don't want to get to the stage where there's, this is all you can do. But but the players, you know, when they get the chance, the reaction from the ones that have actually done these trials, and granted they've been limited, has been, oh, boy, is this what it's going to be like? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, you're right. They are brainwashed because the, the, I used to sit on my chair on a Monday and the vision comes up and go, am I standing in the right spot there? Are you paranoid about the getting highlighted for being in the but wrong even that, spot? Like so, just the, the level of anxiety will be brought down. So the ability to, to play on instinct and create and have more attacking flair will be more prevalent. Bucks's point, though, was that it, is it going to change it that much? Because as soon as the bounce, say 6-6 six, six and 6 huddle, as soon as the bounce is done, those forwards are going to rush up the ground and we're going to see the same congestion. Yes, you'll get standalone bit of space for the stoppage and if you win it, then he's saying, well, if the goal's scored down the other end, we're going to have to wait, I think he said 45 no, seconds no. to he, everyone to run back. His point is on the starting points at stoppages around the ground. Around the ground. See, okay. this is it. Bucks and Blighty are actually in glorious agreement. They okay. just don't realise <laughs> So Bucks is okay with 6-6-6 six, six, six at, right at reset the ground at each bounce. Not necessarily an advocate for it, but he, he was okay with that. It was the... So if, if the ball's going to come out to the wing and be balled up, and you have to wait for people to go back to where they are. So say three pairs inside the 50 is, do you have to wait while the umpires go, not yet, not yet, not yet, okay, now. Okay. And that is still one of the challenges the AFL haven't and, fully and worked Steve out. Hawking has absolutely grappled with exactly that. Yeah, what does it look of, like and what's the penalty for it? And One of the trials, it was a little bit messy, I think. Yeah. I think the first couple were really good and then the third one there was... You know, someone who didn't want to go back, well, what do you do? You know? Mm. So, and if but one on either team doesn't want to go back, what do you do? Sack them. <laughs> <laughs> so I suspect that's... Well, it has been the dominant conversation of the season, and it's clearly going to run uh, intensely through the next little bit as we search for a position. Do you think they'll... How far do you think they'll get, Jerry? I don't know. Right. I don't there, know. Are there any of the proposed changes that we can all agree on? We go, yep, the bigger goal square. Because I'm no, like, no, people, <laughs> we can't even get no, that. We took oh, calls that on, was an the, easy one. Uh, on, I think it was Thursday, going and called 
the extension of the goal square a crazy and radical change. You could put the, the ball will go ten more meters. Was that you? How's so that crazy? And no, radical. I actually like that. Was that, that you? Agent? No, yeah, I, heard, I like that. I heard yes. the example yeah. that yeah, Shannon Hearn with the wind blowing straight down the ground, he'll almost be shooting for goal from fullback, <laughs> and that's going to ruin the game completely. Yeah. There, there was the view, though, and these are the, the, the intricacies and. While I, you were talking last night, Jared, about, ah, let's just get them out there and we'll start the season. We won't know what to, we do need to just test these to some degree because the view put forward by one of the coaches was if, if kicking in from fullback becomes a much bigger weapon, then you will, players won't snap for goal because they yeah. don't want to kick a point. So that's going to change the approach to scoring. So I'm not saying that that's real, but these are the things that we have to at least think through. So you, at the moment, you're the twice points. as likely to get scored against than score yep. on the kick-in. Yep. So if it opens up, what if it just balances out that possibility? Yep. No, well, you are as likely to score as yep. get scored yep. against. Champion data, I was actually in there during the week, and they have a, a, an equity, without trying to get too detailed, they have basically an equity map, and they can tell you any point on the ground where who's more likely to score if you've got the ball in a contested or uncontested uncontested situation you know on the 50 meter left half back you are this is the percentage you are likely to score compared to the opposition it, I mean, it, it is actually fascinating it's just based on numbers you lost me and impressed me with equity you <laughs> 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 just said equity map I was out yeah, that, well, as I said, it's probably not an easy thing to explain on radio. It's part of the debate. It, it is so sophisticated, both the work that's done within the game and then the work that's been done around this, is we all have flinch reactions on what we think would solve the game. Mm. But there is a moment where you go, actually, there are people who know better here and who have done a power of work and still haven't... And they're not whimsically reaching conclusions. And that's the... Will trust us a little bit, and no one ever trusts the government. Well, David Rath is one of those who's been doing this work. He was at Hawthorne. He was Clarko's lieutenant, I guess, on on this sort of stuff. So he basically helped ruin the game, and now he's trying to fix it. So I think that's, that's a good business model. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bring that in. Yeah. No right. changes, by the way, Jared, for this game. No late changes for the Pies or Roos. And an update for fans travelling to the MCG Car Park Three in Wellington Parade is filling up, and will close in about thirty minutes. So we've got a whole set of questions for the crunch. I don't want to squeeze any of these. So maybe Brody Smith's return to the Sandful this week. So I don't think it's out of the question that the Crows could come with a flurry late. They've got themselves into a position where it is possible. Big men returning from knee reconstructions as opposed to little men t- returning from knee reconstructions. How much footy will Brody Smith need? Could he be in in a couple of weeks? And could he make a real impact for the Crows? What, what, when did he, it was in the finals? Ten I months. Said, so it'd be ten months. Yeah. And and they have said, and and I asked this question to Scott Camperelli, the assistant, senior assistant coach. I said, is it a good look for him to return this quick? And he said, look, he couldn't have done any more. We couldn't have been any more impressed. He's hardly missed a beat. So they're that confident that. He's done the work, and it do, should, should do, be healed. Do they only time. play him if they like? If they become no, no chance, they play, of... him. they play him when he's ready. So I, I, I think the timeline would be two to three games in the sandful, and he'll be back in, regardless of whether the finals are on the agenda or not. Yeah, I've been through that rehab a couple of times. Nine months is the minimum, so ten months with a with a, and to then play a few games in the reserve. That's that's sound. That's not that's not radical okay. or. Yeah, I would think that if, if, he's, if he's ticking off physically what he can do and he feels comfortable. Do you think they can make it, Kat? Uh, no, I don't, because one slip up and, and they're out. But they look, this is the best side they've put on paper this year with Talia and McGovern back in. Tech's missing, but Sloan's in good form. So uh, last week just went to show how 
much the injuries have, have affected them this year because that was that was uh, devastating footy that they played last Thursday night. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see them getting on a roll with with all the, the fits and starts they've had this year. I just don't see them. It's just no it room. would be a Herculean effort to, to all of a sudden build momentum after a season where they just have had none. Poor percentages Bri- going to hurt them as well. Brisbane, Melbourne, Port, the Giants away, North Melbourne and Carlton mm. is their run home. It would be enormous if they got themselves on the oh, roll. It would be like that's, 97 and 98, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what... I mean, there's so, the much around, there's so much around tonight is with the Lions having won three in a row. and It's just perfectly poised. There's a set of games this weekend, and, and that is right at the forefront at them. We'll continue with the crunch next. Uh, do we run players into retirement? And we'll pose some questions. Which players should we run into retirement? <laughs> <laughs> the flow of that. There's a bit of Carlton. There's a little bit of West Coast. And then we'll turn our attention to the games that very much will shape the eight and the premiership contest across this weekend. It's crunch time for Honda. Honda, find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On 11.16 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See Honda.com.au. This is crunch time for Honda. For your kind of value at Honda, make sure you do go to honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Anthony Hudson and Jared Waitley at the MCG alongside Kane Corns and Bob Murphy on this Saturday. Big day of footy ahead. And, of course, last night it was Richmond, 16-15-111, defeating St Kilda, 8-9-57, to emphasise the gap between the top of the ladder teams and those that are near the rear. Time to get into the crunch, and I guess it's been a topic of much discussion, Tom Lynch's future. Again, it was ignited during the week with Stuart Jew uh, discussing the fact that uh, it doesn't look good uh, as they uh, where they stand right now. Damien Harbour, well, he sort of half tried to answer this question last night. He didn't really try that hard. Taking us out of it, I think most clubs are in a similar boat. You know, we've got a... I think at most stages this time of year, most clubs... Are t- <coughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. <coughs> Ten to twelve guys out of contract, so I'm going. And that was it. That was the way he answered the question. <laughs> he actually coughed answer. through quite a bit of the of the post match press conference, and I think he thought, "I just can't be bothered going on anymore." And he just got up and left. Um, what did you make first of all? What did you make of Stuart Jew's admission? Good honesty. Yeah, I thought he spoke really well. Spoke really honestly. Clearly... Are they trying to put the pressure on yeah, Tom? Well, to get sure, surely it's time that he would come out and say, "Look." I think they've given him time. They've been respectful. Um, he would have made up his mind now, and the fact that he's not playing for the rest of the year. I didn't even take it as putting on pressure. I thought that's the. I, I was. No, I'm. I'm. It's like yeah, it's not. I'm in not that happening. camp. I thought I was taking the pressure off. <laughs> Look, we know you're going. Just, just tell us. Tell us. We, have yeah. to, we have to see you every day. We can see it's having a toll. You know, just it's okay. Now, We're David May's name continues to be raised. Uh, and Swallow. Swallow as well. It's ugly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because draft picks aren't, and you need players that want to go there. And how do you replace them? I don't know. It's one of the biggest concerns for the AFL right now. They can. It'll be okay 
once they've gone, this next bit of the in limbo will just be tortuous for them, for, for everyone. But they're from, from the next top. year. Like, they can't afford to win three games again next year and continue to be what they've dished up this year. What do you mean they can't afford to... Well, just the, the brand on the Gold Coast and the damage that it's doing. But I think I think the AFL are committed. I think, well, they will. They, they, well, they will only win, you know, maximum of three games next year. But at least they can build some kind... They can build a football club that... It's, everyone that's there is is there for the... They're in. They're, they're fully invested. At the moment, every second week, there's a new name. Oh, apparently he's out. Apparently he's out. You, you Would you tell you Stephen May we need, we'll offer you a nice contract to extend, either take it or you might as well go at the end of the year if it, because they're going to go through a whole year as it, with another captain in that same situation or you just let, let it play out? No, I think, I, think, I think you have to make a club stand of if you if you if you're here, are you really here? Are you fully committed? Because if you're not, well then you have to go, because that's what it's like termites in your football club. But they can't for, the AFL Players Association won't let clubs do that. You can't force someone to sign an extension. You can't. No, force, no they can't. But they can ask. You, you, you yeah, can but ask. you can free a bloke up to leave. You can you can free him up to leave. But if he doesn't want to leave, and because he, he's still got a year to go. Yeah, well, he, I think I think. If somewhere in Stephen May's heart he wants to leave, then now's the time. Mm. So uh, if you if you have that honest conversation and say, well, what would you like to do here? Is You can be the captain for the next five years and we can lock that away. Or if you think you want to leave, instead of us doing it next year, why don't you do it now? It's clearly, yeah, if we get, clearly there are yeah. offers there for you. If we get 12 months down the track and you're still 50-50, we can't have that. No. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good look for a club to give an easy out. It's, it's a, a shocking for, look. For a it's, it's a terrible that look. Has but committed to a contract that's captain of the club after the players that they've lost. I'd be more in the inclined to say, no, you, you're contracted. You'll play out your contract because you're committed to this footy club. Um, that, that's is it. Bo- I, but is it both ways as well? It's like he, he is captain. So, do you, you you're okay with him sort of hedging his bets a little bit? Well, I think. No, I want to play hard. But I'm not. I'm not okay with him at all. Not being committed to the club, but I would make a stand and say you have committed, and we're going to keep you here because we need. We can't have um, twenty seventeen year olds running around again. We need some senior players here because uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I'd be more inclined to play hardball rather than give someone an easy out again. Yeah, I, I think they... we might be arguing the same point here. I'm not giving him an easy out, but it's like we, we let's get fair income here. Let's mm. not let's take the grey out of it. What would they get for Stephen May? I think a first-round pick. Yeah. How how early? Uh, well, it depends which club wants. Mm. So it depends what. So let's say it's Collingwood. Collingwood. So it depends what pick Collingwood has, yeah. doesn't it? And whether that that does it for mm. the Suns. We saw what Melbourne gave up for Jake Lever. I think it would be a similar discussion on Stephen May. It was a bit older. A, a, yeah, a bit older. Um, but I mean. Uh, Fremantle got picked two for Lockie Weller. So yeah, which Jared's, was massively to, to Jared's point, it depends how much they want you. If the Suns ended up with five of the first 12 picks in this draft, this is I think this is the conundrum. That is the best place to be in because those picks are worth a fortune, except that the players you want at the moment are unlikely to go to the Gold Coast. So yeah. this is their... Where they're the devil in the deep blue sea is you can take your five picks in one of the great drafts in prospect, or you go, we really want three players, but those three players have no interest in coming. Yeah. So that's the spot and, that and they're in. No... How do you get out of that spot across uh, a period of time? It's a spiral. I mean, there's no guarantee that three of those five players won't want to leave in two or three years' time, is there? We're in exactly the same situation. That's the bit where you have to back your club from here. So Mark Evans, Stuart Jew have to back their club that the next group in won't leave. You can't live in fear of that. 
But if you've got five picks inside 12 and clubs are going to fall over themselves for picks, I mean, look look at Adelaide is <laughs> to get Lukosius. Um, but the players that you want are unlikely to come, the, the 24, 25-year-olds. Yeah. Well, that was the problem they had, you know, with at trying to get a Geelong player. To, no one would go in the, in the Ablett deal. Other than, I think, George Hall and Smith, who they... You determined they didn't want, but probably would have been pretty handy for them. Yeah. Do we run players into retirement? Nick Revolt really... He took this personally, he and did. it was hard not to have the view that he felt... <laughs> and that he brought me into it. He did. You know, we had this last year, did we? I didn't... <laughs> Someone wrote... <laughs> so I think in Australian sport, and it's not limited to footy, we have a, a squeamishness about players going on perhaps a little bit longer than we would be comfortable with. You can just If Leighton Hewitt wants to keep playing tennis... Leighton, keep playing, but we seem to hold this collective, well, you can't keep going, mate. It's your, part, your best is years ago. Mm. If it's enough for you, then I'm always in that camp of play for as long as you possibly can play because no one will remember you played six games longer than you should have. Mick has always been in the other camp, yeah. though, hasn't he? Always has. Oh, he's done. Don't go on him playing in the VFL. Mm. And I'm a bit with you. I don't know what's... What's it really matter if you're prepared to play? If you love the game and you want to keep playing, why not keep playing? I, yeah, I don't, like, I don't like it when it becomes a bit of a race to who's going to call it first. Who's going, oh, I'm going to make the hard call. No one's going to make the call and I'm going to make it. So I, I just think there's a much more interesting storyline of when you're looking at those guys coming to the ends of their careers, there are certain circumstances of... Like I, I look at Brendan Goddard, who's not who's not a player that has evoked a lot of emotion in me, a sentimentality. But I look at him at at the Bombers, and they're they they're just they're just hanging in there, and and he's desperately trying to fulfil that hole in his career of could he? I find that fascinating that he's he's you know he's grumpy and he's pointing and yelling and he's but he but he just keeps doing it every in that in that hope that he could just. Something you know the, the the stars might align, but there's there's those sort of stories with all of the veterans, the guys in their their early to mid thirties. They're trying to outrun the sunset, and it, they they know that it's gonna the, the game will sweep them away like a tide, and they're trying to outrun that. I think I find that fascinating. Not mm. I'm gonna call. He's gone. Like yeah. okay, good on you. I think it comes down to the club because often the player can't see. Yeah where they're at and Ken when I was sort of weighing it up and was had about three one year contracts in a row Ken did say I don't want you in the sample so I won't play you in the sample I'll rather sit you out and rest you and, and I, I don't want to he, he said it you know at risk of pumping myself up he said I don't want a champion of club playing sample so he's a bit like what, that why though I don't know I don't, I don't, I don't know why but I, I would I would have hated it so I guess yeah, well, if, was, if you hate it, that's yeah. one thing. But if you if you also if you go into a season and say, mm. you know, you get the old, I can't guarantee you're going to play senior football. If you can live with that, then live with it. Yeah. If you can't, retire. Well, I think the coach needs to sit down. I actually heard Paul Roo speak about this and say, what's your best twenty-two look like at the start of next year? So he's got art in it. If that's a yes at the start of the year, play on. If he's not, if it's Jordan Lewis and it's Bernie Vince, are they in your best twenty-two at the start of next year? If the answer is no for round one. There's probably your answer. So is Sean Burgoyne for Clarko in best 22 round one? Probably is. Play on. What about Jared Ruffhead? Is, so I can imagine him being in that camp. Is there's no way Clarkson would want Ruffhead not playing in, in the VFL. That wouldn't be even a possibility. No. It's sort of seniors or bust. But I hope he plays in the next year. And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. That, that's that's how I feel about it. Is Try. Yeah. See where it leaves you. All right. We'll take a break. There's plenty more to come in the crunch, including the Blues. Uh, and a whole lot more. Some big games ahead too. Huge Saturday night of footy. We'll discuss all of that 
on crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See Honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. This is the crunch, the key issues in the game right now, and then the key games this weekend. There's three of them that jump off the page. One is at the MCG, Collingwood and North Melbourne before us on an overcast and blustery day in Melbourne. In terms of the questions, the Eagles got around to taking full responsibility for what happened at the airport surrounding Nick Natanui today in the West. Uh, Eagles in airport disgrace was the headline uh, Mark Duffield wrote the story, Trevor Nisbet, unreservedly apologising. We made a mess of the whole thing. We put uh, Peter Staples uh, in a very ordinary position. All parts were extremely poorly handled by us. And then towards the end, uh, media in Perth were also incensed by Adam Simpson's comments on SEN during the week, which claimed the Eagles had asked for privacy for Nat Nui but not received it. Nisbet said Adam came and saw me after that interview and said he got it horribly wrong with some of the wording. He was aware that he had messed it up. So the Eagles are totally falling on their sword. What is it? Uh, Which is very... days on. Yeah, it's taken a while, but it's unusual that a club does that to that extreme, isn't it? To totally falls on their sword and that just takes the sting out of it straight away. Yes, yeah, and probably if they'd done that at the start of the week, it would have done that. Mm-hmm. Is They obviously botched yep. the arrangements and whenever it gets to the point where somebody is manhandling yeah, cameramen, is, you know you've you've lost that. I was interested to see Luke Darcy go a little bit with the, I only saw snippets of it on Talking Footy, but sort of go with the you wouldn't know to Sam McClure, you know, what it's like to be that person with the, with the knee injury. You've been that person, Bob. What's it like? Um, it's pr- it's pretty traumatic, and I, I he's in the room, but I always steal Jared's line of the dessert trolley of life. But the the knee reconstruction is a it is a it is a it's a it's an emotional injury where it really knocks knocks you around and knocks the people around you. It's quite an in, inside footy club. So, but 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 having said that, you, that's the cameras there. It's, it's all part of the dance. It is sort of all part of that. It's, it's really unpleasant, but. But I, I don't think... I mean, we all see that distress, but I haven't heard people actually talk about that part much before. So. The emotional Well, side. yeah, the emotional and just, you know, and the, and, and the glare of the, of the lights in that situation. I remember when you were going for the scan and you're walking up towards the camera and Justine was with you and just she sagged right off. She was she really... no part of Yeah, that. she was quite, quite... I wouldn't say angry, but she was anxious about that. We just wanted... It was a... You know, we want privacy, and just to, just to be left alone, you're kind of dealing with a, a, a fairly heavy emotional fallout, and to have to have cameras stuck in your face, it's, it, you know what it's like. It's, it's you know, it's, it's sort of unnerving a little bit. Yeah, she she was really uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, Carlton, are the are the Elliots circling? I don't know the answer to that. My my inclination is to say no, but they are making their disapproval of the current regime quite clear. So Tom Elliott did that on his radio program on 3RW and then John Elliott has come through talking about not believing in the direction of the club. So 
we would imagine, would we not, that there's a, a faction of old Carlton that would be loyal mm. to the Elliott way of thinking. So are they taking the temperature of that? Is there, is there any iceberg under the tip, or I is this know. just part of the script of a disastrous season as there's talk of a talk of a ticket? I don't think it's been said casually by the Elliots, so that much I would say. What, what intent lies behind it, who else is there, who might be the front person for it. My point with Carlton through most of the year has been there's a threshold, and it's not about Brendan Bolton's job. There's a threshold as to whether you can hold the Carlton community together because Mark McClure talks about the bloodiness of the Carlton community, and that 1-21 and 21 mightn't be enough to hold it all together. My sense is it will. I think Carlton will hold together through this year and see what happens next year. But I think given the figures that they have been at the club, when, when the Elliots are speaking openly against particularly and directly the president, then your ears have to be up. Have they made... Have they referenced injuries too much, Carlton, in their discussion of this year, or are they just being realistic? No, for, for me they have, because the names that have been injured are not, they're not Adelaide injuries, they're not the injuries that Collingwood have had, they're not the ones that West Coast have had, they're, they're your B grade, you know, yes in your best 22, but they're not your best 10. And a few we haven't uh, and untried, effectively. Yeah, and a few, like Matthew, how long since Cruz has played a full season of footy, how long since, I mean Murphy played a full season last year, but you'd have to expect with age and players that have had that history will get injured at some stage. Now, Doherty's been a massive loss Doc- because it's, it, meant that Sim- it's meant that Simpson, uh, I was talking to someone about this during the week, it's just had a huge effect on them because Simpson's yeah. been tagged or restricted by teams and so that has really changed the way they've defended mm-hmm. and then moved with the ball. Uh, and, what, and you can probably expect one ACL per team per year, I think would be, on average, you look at uh, across the yeah. competition, West Coast, you know, Nat Nui, Collingwood, Dunn, you know, it goes, go through it, Bulldogs, Libba, um, so they have, but I, I'm critical of the coaching in, in the fact that they can't get any effort from their players, I mean, seven players had one tackle or less after getting beaten by the 17th ranked side the week before, so that that's my criticism, I don't expect them to win, um, you know, ten games for the year, I would have expected six or seven. Um, for Carlton and the the drastic drop off in effort that we've seen at times this year is unacceptable in my opinion and that doesn't come back to Stephen Silvani that comes back to a coach getting the best out of his players and he hasn't been able to do that if you're a North Melbourne player are you invigorated by the idea that the club is is desperately trying to grab what they think the the targets are and potentially offering Jared Pollock seven hundred thousand dollars or you're sitting there going poor that seems like a bit much for a for a good player i think they should be invigorated i think i think sometimes we sit back and and look at the grand picture and list management and what they're i think sometimes if players dip their toes in those waters it, it, it that i don't know if that's always very wise if you've they've come off the near the bottom of the ladder they're knocking on the door of the finals as long as they feel like they're being well looked after, and they seem like a pretty harmonious club at the moment, go try and improve. Don't don't think too much about. You're not list managers. You're not in charge of salary caps. Just sit tight, do your job, and let the club look after yeah. itself. I reckon North should be bold and aggressive and unflinching on that, and unapologetic for it. My only rider to that is I hope Ben Brown's one of the fourteen million dollar players, and we just oh. don't know it. I was going to say, that, in my opinion, there needs to be some integrity with your pay structure. And, and Geelong did that better than anyone, I think, by saying Selwood's 
the man. Yep. And everyone else is under that. That's it's, harder than ever to do, though. It is it? now. It, like. it is. But if Polek goes in there on seven-ish and Jack Zeeble's getting 550, mm. there's no integrity with your pay structure there. Polek doesn't deserve that in the realm of the hierarchy of the club. And I think that can come back to hurt clubs. That's, that's why it's hard, though, isn't it? Because we don't know. We what, should we know. Don't, we don't know what Zeeble's on. But are you, have you got a problem with Polek being... On 700 at North? Yes. Yeah, you've got a problem with that. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. I, just don't, I don't think he deserves that sort of money. And, and to go in there as one of their top three, top four highest paid players isn't fair in my, in yeah, my opinion. That, that, one, that one I can live with. That one I'm okay with. Who wins out of Geelong in Melbourne tonight, boys? And how big is Hibbert's not being there? Yeah, it's a toss of the coin. It's in, it's in Geelong, so they really lose there. Hibbert out and a few other injuries. Viney and, and yeah, Lieber Viney. has... has led me to Geelong without a lot of confidence. Now, I think the scene is set for Melbourne to really make their charge now. I think oh. they've sort of flirted. We're not quite sure. There's been some big calls in this room among them at the start of the year, Kano. <laughs> but I, I think if if they're going to be the side we think they can be this year, this the scene is set for them. It's been framed one. around Melbourne. I honestly don't think it is. If Geelong start losing at home, they'll miss the finals. Mm. Yeah. And... Richmond lost at Kininia Park in round 21 and then never lost again. They got a lot out of that game. I don't think it's win or bust for Melbourne, but I actually think it, it might finish Geelong if they lose at home tonight. Big game for Reece Stanley, isn't it, down there against Maxi Gorn, following the beard around. He's got the athleticism, so we'll see how that goes. And we've talked briefly already. Brisbane, can they spin one of Chris Fagan's discs and... Land the right way. Did you approve of his vinyl collection? I loved that he just had a vinyl collection, Jared. I didn't even care what was in it, but <laughs> but I was even what was in it was a it was an eclectic mix. But yeah. there was enough good stuff in there. Credence, the Beatles. Yep, he's 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 a beauty. Who you got? Uh, I've got Adelaide. I just think Brisbane, young group, up for a while. They're probably due for one. No, who you got in your record collection? <laughs> record collection. You got a record player? No. <laughs> Come on, Kane. Port- Stop the- running laps and get a record player. Get a life, Kane. <laughs> exactly. Port and the Giants. Uh, Giants for me without Ryder. What do you think, Bob? Tomorrow this is Twilight. Port and the Giants? Yep. Uh, no, I'm going to go Port. I'm, I'm sticking with Port. I like Port per, for the run home. Be the same. Port have to be winning at home. Yeah. And that's... That just increases the the um, volatility around that. What about here at the MCG, North and Collingwood? Look, I like Collingwood on this ground, the way that they've played. I think they'll get a response from last week. And If they lose today, could they miss the finals, Collingwood? There is a risk of a tailspin. <laughs> they lose today because they've got Richmond next week. Yeah, oh, this is... Does North Mad- haven't done much wrong with their nine. Mm. Side bottom gets tagged, obviously, unfortunately for North, Jacobs not playing, but... Does Majak stay forward with Cox into the side for Collingwood is, is what I want to be interested to see where they line up. Oof. It's a ripping game. This will be a beauty. Uh, and, Bob, no doubt you'll be uh, sitting by the TV to watch your boys take on the Swans, the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> <laughs> got my colours on. Got my orange and red flogger in the lounge room. <laughs> got your old coat. Got your scarf. <laughs> got a footy game to go to. <laughs> No late changes for the Suns or Swans. Thanks for being with us on Crunch Time. Kane is going to run off and just keep running. <laughs> Forest and running. Forest. And running. This has been Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See Honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Big game of footy ahead. Big afternoon and evening. Stay with us for all the action right around our nation.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.